everybody. Today I'm so excited because I have some of my really, really good friends here. Um, the girls behind Krager Plus T1D. I always get that mixed up in no, my head. That's right. I almost said like TD1 the first time I saw it. I swear I'm like dyslexic or something. But they have um, a big Instagram following all about like diabetes awareness and six out of eight of your siblings have type one diabetes, right? Yes. Yeah. Yes. And you're all um, like, you know, varying ages and all that good stuff. So we're just excited to kind of dive into like the mental health side of diabetes and chronic illness and having a whole family that has to you know, navigate that. So yeah, thanks for coming guys. Thanks for having us. Yeah, we're yes, so excited. So we always start off with an actually curious question here. So I found a fun one that would just be like a good way, kind of like an icebreaker. Um, what is the most amazing piece of technology that's been invented in your lifetime? If you guys want to think on that and answer. Yeah, it doesn't have to be like specifically related to the topic of the podcast or anything. <laughs> it could be like literally anything. You go first. Yeah. Uh, well, for me, it's probably like the uh, advancements we have with our diabetes technology, like our Dexacom. And then for me, I'm on the tandem pump. And that has been like the most life changing thing for me because it's made my life like a million times better and my diabetes manageable. Yeah, for me, I'd say, like, also another diabetes management device. Like, I have the Omnipod pump, which is, like, one of the first wireless pumps, so I can actually, like, inject myself with insulin without having to, like, do anything except pretty much have a sticker on my body. So that's definitely, I think, the coolest advanced technology advancement for me. Um, I would say the Dexacom, like Maddie said, it just makes life a lot more easier. And I'm also on the Tandem which I really like, so. Now I feel weird if I say That's like, what I was thinking. <laughs> <laughs> they like I have these awesome life-saving technologies <laughs> where we are like, the iPhone? <laughs> yeah, be, okay. I don't know, like wireless headphones. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just goes to show that technology is, yeah, different things for different people. So Maddie is the oldest and then Bella is a little bit younger than Maddie and then Anna. So do you want to go through like each of your different kind of like origin stories with diabetes? Because you were all diagnosed at different times, correct? Like different ages? Yes. Really. Okay. I was, um, I was originally actually diagnosed when I was four. It was a few months after um, our brother Ben was diagnosed and I was on insulin for a few months and then my body kind of went back into the honeymoon phase, which is when like your pancreas fully starts producing insulin again. So I actually like completely went off insulin and my blood sugars were like back in the normal range. And then I was like kind of re-diagnosed or I became insulin dependent again when I was 10. It was actually the day before we were leaving for Disney World on a family trip. And so, like, my mom already knew what to do because Ben already was fully, for the last, what, six years at that point, he was already insulin dependent. But it's just a little crazy because, like, we were leaving in the morning and, like, the doctors, like, worked with us and were able to, we were still able to go. But, yeah, ever since then, I was back fully 
on insulin. And then I didn't ever want to pump. I didn't ever want a Dexcom. And then in high school, I tried the pump for like a year and I like hated it. I just like, you know, like hated, I hated when like that people could see it and like everyone was like starting to know I had diabetes. So I went off of it. And then my sophomore year in college, I was like just reading online and reading different stories about the Dexcom. And I was the first one that went on the Dexcom and then I loved it. And my A1C was going down. I was starting to feel so much better. And then a year after that, my doctor convinced me, she's like, why don't you just try the pump? Like, it's not something that you have to like stay on, but it would really help you, especially I was having a ton of issues with like exercising and my sugars would drop so low. It was like becoming impossible to manage with exercise. So then I tried the tandem and I ended up loving it. And that's where I am now. I'm still in the tandem and the Dexcom and it has been life-changing. I just had my A1C done last week and I like almost have a perfect A1C. So it's been awesome. I feel so much better than I ever have. Oh, that's so exciting. So I have a ignorant question. What's the difference between a pump and a tandem? Like what are the, what do they both so, do? So the, the tandem is just a type of an insulin pump. And then the pump like gives me insulin all throughout the day to like 24 hours a day, basically. And then the Dexacom is like a different site that we have. And that is just like a glucose monitor. So that ma manages our sugars and we can like go on our, my phone is dead, but you can go on your phone and see at all times, like what your blood sugar is. And then my Dexcom also connects to my pump. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Yeah. So before that, before like all the, you know, extra technology, you were just doing injections of insulin? Yeah. So I was doing injections just like multiple injections a day. And then I was on a short acting insulin and a long acting insulin. And then I was just doing finger pricks like multiple times a day. And it was oh kind gosh, of scary because like sometimes I don't feel low. So sometimes I would be low and like, I wouldn't even know. But now with the Dexcom, like it'll alert me when I'm low or high all the time. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. that's and been really how helpful. How like old is the Dexcom? Is it, you know, in the last like couple years or do you know? I was last on, couple years. yeah, last, I'm probably, maybe like, it's like five to eight years old, but I was on it before them. And it was like the older version and it was like such a hassle to like insert it. And now the technology is like within the past like year and a half, when you guys went on it, it's so much easier to insert. You just have to like, it was such a pain. It was like so hard. I would like mess it up, but now it's so much easier. Even just within like the past year and a half, they came up with that and they're still coming up like the new one's supposed to be out in the next couple months and it's like the size of like a quarter yeah so it'll oh, be like wow. it's like nothing this is all like the ones like a little bit thicker now and it can like get caught a little bit but it's still not bad but now it's just gonna be tiny they say like the size of a quarter i think right yeah oh wow nice so you were the second one in your family to be diagnosed right yes and then nick was diagnosed like a few months after me when he was little and he had like the same thing as me he went into the honeymoon phase but he didn't go back on insulin until high school so he was in like a really long long honeymoon phase not needing so insulin. the honeymoon phase is kind of where it like almost goes dormant for a little bit is that yeah. right yeah so like your body will just start naturally producing insulin again your pancreas huh that's so interesting i really didn't know many people with type 1 diabetes until I met you, Maddie. I mean, I had yeah. one friend in high school that had it and he was diagnosed when we were like 14 or 15, but he really never talked about it. So I didn't like 
I knew he had it, but I didn't know like all the intricacies of it. Yeah. So, um, Bella, how about you? How did you? Well, so I was actually, Anna was actually diagnosed before me, even though I'm older than her. Um, I was the fifth one out of all six of us who got diagnosed to get diagnosed. Um, and it, I was like 15 when it happened. So I was in my sophomore year of high school. Um, I just ended up like getting really sick. Like I got a very rare autoimmune disease called, um, uveitis. And like, I just got all these super weird, like started losing weight, started like getting depressed, started just showing like typical signs of like type one diabetes. And then, um, after that summer, like, I think I like got diagnosed on Halloween of my sophomore year. So then, yeah, since then I, I started with injections, um, right away, pretty soon I got to like go on the CGM, um, the Dexacom or whatever. Um, and now I'm using like the Omnipod, which is like the wireless pump, which I like, I'm a big fan of. It's really awesome. Um, but yeah, like Maddie said, like, I feel like we're all kind of like finally to that point where we're like trying to figure out our diabetes and like feeling confident with the technology and like all the everything we have access to and then we're finally able to be able to manage it and like feel good and get our a1c's under control and stuff Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that's awesome so did you think that you were almost like free and clear of it since you were diagnosed oh yeah totally (laughs) yeah like i was like oh my like that was always my biggest fear because i was like terrified of needles like like growing up i mean it was probably from like diabetes watching them all get pricked all the time like i have a clear memory of like when Anna got diagnosed of like my mom and my dad, like getting the needle ready and like making eye contact and like, Maddie. oh, was it Maddie? Maddie. Maddie? Oh yeah. And like grabbing her and like trying to like, like it was just, it just sucked. Like it made me so scared of needles, like seeing all my siblings get held down and like having to like get pricked or get shot, shot with like any needle, you know? So like there I was like just completely terrified of needles. Like when I would go and like even get like the flu shot and like stuff like that, like I'd be the worst one. Like Yeah. <laughs> um, but then I even like ended up getting like my antibodies tested. Um, and like the day I got my diabetes diagnosis, the doctor had called us and was like, We have great news, like you have a thirteen percent chance of getting diabetes. And I was like, Oh, that's funny, because I just got diagnosed so oh my gosh yeah yeah no I really thought like I was like wow like once I was like in high school I was like yeah like I'm totally fine especially because like even with Nick like when he had got had he had to start like caring for it when he was in high school but like my mindset was like at least he already had already gotten like that first diagnosis when he was little so it was like I'm in the clear there's no way yeah and but then, yeah, I was wrong. And so you were the oldest one to be diagnosed, right? Yeah. Oh, that's tough. Yeah, no, it, it did have its challenges. I mean, obviously, like, on the bright side, like, what I don't think about, like, that I was realizing the other day is, like, Anna, like, doesn't, or both of you, I guess, like, don't really, like, have that experience of, like, not like life without diabetes like I had 16 years without diabetes like not thinking about like what I ate not injecting myself not none of that like so it's like it's very bittersweet it's like while it was awesome to have that experience it's also really tricky to like change your lifestyle when you're 16 and just like finally figuring out your lifestyle on its own 
Yeah, but, that's such yeah. a pivotal time and age anyways. Like right. Yeah. You're in the middle of high school. And you're just yeah, like, and I was just like handled it exactly how you'd imagine like a rebellious <laughs> teenager girl to handle it. Yeah. Well, at least you had a lot of family that had the experience, I guess. So you weren't like the only right. one. No, but, seriously. Yeah, I, I think that's what got me through like if I wouldn't have had family that also had it and like knew what I was going through, I think I never would have like ever tried to take care of myself. Mm -hmm. Like I just would have, it's so, it's something that's like, it's just so, it was so easy for me to ignore. It was like, well, if I don't check my sugar, then I don't know. I don't know. And like, if I'm not feeling super crappy, then like, I don't need to do anything about it. Whereas, like, when I'm constantly around my sisters who, like, I see that they have their decks come in. I see that they're caring for their sugars. Like, it's, like, it makes me kind of, like, feel that guilt of, like, okay, I need to do it, too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Um, so, Anna, do you want to tell us about how you... Sure. Yeah. So, I was diagnosed in right when I started first grade. So, I was, like, seven. Okay. And I never went through a honeymoon phase or anything, so I just had diabetes straight from it, I guess. And my mom, like, knew because of all my other siblings that were diagnosed. So, and I remember we had, like, a family wedding that weekend, and she was just, we didn't, we couldn't get into the doctor yet, so she was just giving me whips of insulin Mm -hmm. (laughs) until we could get the final diagnosis. Mm -hmm. So she already knew what to do, like, when... Yeah, yeah. You started showing symptoms. She's like, yep, I'm ready. I'm yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then neither of your parents are diabetic, right? No, but our grandpa, my dad's dad was diabetic, but like none of our other cousins have diabetes or anything. And it's like heard, I mean, it's rumored that it skips generations. So like, it, it's common to see like, like our grandparents, our grandpa had it, but our parents don't, and then we do. I mean, obviously, it's not common to have six <laughs> siblings, but like the generation skipping is common, I think, with type 1 diabetes. Mm-hmm. And then, since your whole, well, almost your entire family has it, is that how you kind of got the idea to have a social media presence with it? Yeah. yeah. I think. I moved back home like right before, or I was living at home when like COVID initially happened and it was all shut down. We were like all home and we were just like so bored and we were like, what could we do? And we were like, just started talking to expression events. Yeah. Well, I don't, Anna it was, had, it yeah. was a few years before that. Yeah. yeah. We like started. Well, I don't know. Anna started yeah. it. I yeah. I like started, I'm like, let's just see like where we can go with it. And then, and then Matt, Bella and Maddie finally like, they were like, okay. Yeah. So, like, yeah, I think, like, fun. Anna had started it, and it was kind of just, like, lingering there, like, yeah. more for, like, let's just share our story, like, whatever, like, this would be kind of cool, um, and then, like, COVID hit, like, a few months later, and we were all home, yeah. and all bored, and, like, just started posting more, and, like, all of a sudden, like, we had companies reaching out to us, and, like, little girls DMing us, and moms DMing us, saying, like, oh, I wore my Dexcom to school. Like, I wore a short sleeve shirt for the first time since I've been diagnosed today, like, because you guys inspired me. And, like, like it, it just, like, all happened so fast. Yeah. Like, it, it yeah. was, like, unbelievable. Like, I mean, to think, like, how far we've come already. Mm-hmm. And now it's, like, a full-fledged business, basically. Like, yeah. didn't you guys file an LLC or something? Yeah, like so, t- so technically we just 
Kriegers plus T1D is officially um, an LLC. And like right now we're doing it just like with the standard of like deliverables for in- influencing for companies. Um, and like, obviously it's our dream to like expand and be able to do more, like just anything else that we can do to like help other diabetics. I mean, I think a big thing that like, I always say when, when I'm talking to people about Kriegers plus T1D is like, we've been so fortunate to grow up in a, such a strong support system with type one diabetes that like, it's our dream to like give other diabetics that, because it's like, I talk to diabetics and the first thing I like hear is like, I don't know, I've never met one person with diabetes, you know, it's like a lot of people never meet other diabetics, never have someone to like sit face to face with and be like, I understand your pain. So like, just to be able to like do other stuff to offer diabetics that help and like that support, I think that's something like we all want to do. And like, I think there's so much we can so much we can do with it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So can speaking of like, you know, growing up with a support system and then like other people not really having one. Can you talk a little bit about like the mental health of having a chronic chronic illness? I mean, the first thing that came to my mind was just like exhausting. Like it never stops. And I think that was the hardest thing for me was like, I always wanted it to stop. Like I wanted a break, but it's less of, it's less of like finding that break and more of like finding that calm because you don't get a break from a chronic illness. There isn't like a second you can't think about it. There is like, you know, it always has to be on your mind. Like, even if you're just sitting in bed, it's like, oh, well, when did I give myself that last dose? Did I dose for that like sip of Gatorade sitting on my nightstand that I just like, it's just, it's constantly something that's in your head and like, oh, well, now my pump just failed. And and, like, you know, you don't get that break. So I think just like finding that ability to like find a calm in it all and like finding a way to manage it. And I think like, I know like you guys would probably agree, but like having each other is just like, it's an indescribable like way of support, like, to be able to like change your pump with your sister, like to walk down the hallway and be like, Hey, like this, I have this weird chronic illness. Could you help? Like, can we do it together? And I think that's something like we've been so like, that's the biggest thing that's helped me mentally. Like, I don't think I ever would have had the confidence and like encouragement to take care of myself if I wasn't able to find like that with them. Yeah. And I think an important part of like our, it like influencing I guess in our social media is like showing the good days but the bad days of it too because it it's like they call it an invisible illness because it's you can't always see it on the outside but it's still there and I think with diabetes too there's like the the mental health aspect of it like there's so many things that affect it like I feel like there's just this constant anxiety all the time because it's like oh am I gonna like like me like falling asleep I think like oh my gosh am I gonna like get low randomly in the middle of the night and like not wake up or am I gonna is my pump gonna like am I gonna turn over is my pump gonna get ripped down like I won't know it's on the morning and I'm gonna be sick all day or like stuff like that like there's just like this constant that doesn't really go away because like every day is different like our sugar levels are always different it just depends on everything yeah and I know you guys kind of mentioned like when you first started the pump too that you didn't want to like wear it in places where people could kind of see was that really difficult too and something that you had to like really be conscious of like okay I'm just gonna rock it yeah and And if people ask questions whatever I mean you had a pump in grade school yeah I I remember like I didn't like wearing it in grade school I remember that but it also made life so much easier 
but I do remember always like hiding it and like even when like she was in grade school there wasn't a lot of options like it was like she had to just clip it to her pants now there's like different belts you can wear like different a so like a ton like of we just advanced. got leggings that you can literally yeah. like, like put your pump in like yeah. that has like a hole where the wire like it's awesome the technology just like yeah. yeah and just like stuff like for for yeah you were basically just had one clip and like the only option for her was like clipping on her pants well, for like everyone to see her putting it in your pocket for yeah much. didn't you take it off for like prom or something oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. you would she yeah that yeah would. like like prom like it's like i couldn't hook it on me like where would you hook it on on your prom dress so i would like have to take it off and like go on pump breaks and like go insulin it was just like a mess but now there's like things like that you can like hook it to your leg and like a ton of different stuff that has made it so much easier and like knowing it's just like hard to think like oh i need to take off my pump for a day versus like if you just leave it on like how much better you'll feel and your numbers will be so it's like come a lot easier still but there's still challenges I feel like yeah and I feel like that like is especially so different for me like I feel like I had experienced a totally different like world in the aspect of like showing my devices because like you guys kind of like got it younger and like was still in that like age of like nervous and like school and stuff whereas like I didn't wear a pump like I didn't have anything visible like any device until I was a senior in high school and it was like the end of my senior year and I was like totally like living life like loving everything like I didn't give I didn't give a crap like who said what like if I had a pump like it was like whatever to me and like on top of that we started social media shortly after that so like right away I got so into it like seeing all these other girls like putting them in cool places decorating them like showing them off like right away like I kind of never experienced that which is so heavily experienced. Like, I feel like we hear this all the time on social media, like how scary it is to wear those things and like show them. And like, cause I, people are constantly looking. I mean, even when we yeah. walk around everyone, like, I mean, it's, how do you not? It's something that's different. It catches your eye. Like, so I think that that's something that like a lot of diabetics struggle with, but like finding, especially with the way like social media is going and like people influencing and like, like someone, um, Lilia Moss, she's a, huge like supermodel i don't know she's a i don't even know which a or runway yeah. model actually yeah, or something I don't know. but she just wore moss's daughter or yeah she just wore an omnipod and like another diabetes device on the runway with like versace a few months ago and then she just did it again right. wearing like gucci a few yeah. weeks ago yeah so That's like cool. i mean it's just like it's changing so fast like and it's awesome to see that kind of stuff like it makes me want to show mine, you know? And I think that like, that's the kind of the direction that like diabetes is headed with social media, which is like another reason why, like, it's been just such an awesome experience doing it. Mm -hmm. And that's why I think it's so cool that you guys have that presence on social media, because I remember when I was like a teenager, I never saw anything in pop culture about diabetes besides from Nick Jonas. He was like the spokesperson for type one diabetes for like, 15 years or something he was like the only person that yeah. or only celebrity I should say that right. ever talked about it and I think it's because he had a sponsorship with like yeah, yeah. glucose monitor or something Literally, yeah <laughs> that's so funny there's like a lot of like tension for Nick Jonas in the diabetes community because like the only time he ever yeah like because the only time like 
I mean, I'm just like reiterating what the community says. Like, I don't really have an opinion about it. I think it's don't up, like shoot the messenger. Yeah, <laughs> right. But um, apparently, like, I guess there's some tension because it's like he never really advocated for it or did anything about diabetes until he got those paid ads. Yeah, that he got like millions of dollars or, for. Yeah. Like, like oh yeah, like. Yeah. I mean, he just, I think that was like the frustration is there's like people constantly using the product and stuff. And then like, they go and spend like millions of dollars in their marketing budget to pay for a Super Bowl ad of Nick Jonas. Right. Like the one so, celebrity with type one diabetes that's like semi-public about it. Right, yeah. right. So I think there was just like some frustration there, which was funny. Dexacom doesn't seem to be too bothered by it though. No. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, free publicity for them, I guess. Right. (laughs) Speaking of Nick Jonas, I feel like diabetes is really misunderstood because I remember when he got, like, when he came out with his diagnosis and people thought he was, like, gonna die. I don't know if you guys remember that, but, like, it was really, like, we were both really into the Jonas Brothers and she was really into Nick. And, like, I remember people thought he was gonna die. Like, so I feel like that's, I mean, you guys probably understand that more, but, like, it's misunderstood and that, like, it's, not i mean okay i'll just let you guys take over because i don't know a ton about it either i have such a funny story actually the day i got diagnosed i was was like i went over to some boys like i went over to like some my like friend's house and we were it was halloween and like we were i had just walked in the door and like i got diagnosed with diabetes whatever it was like kind of like whatever and the mom offered like offers me some halloween candy and like everyone like is like oh my god and like the guy whose house we were at is like mom like she literally just got diagnosed with diabetes like she can't have candy and I remember like that was like so like traumatizing for me like because like I just like we can we can have candy like but we can have anything yeah right as long as we dose insulin for it it doesn't matter as long as we take our medicine like there is no limit on what our diet can be um so it was just like for that to be the first conversation I had, I was just like, wow. Yeah. Like, I mean, it, it's just like you said, it's very like, there is just so much unknown territory. People don't know. People have no idea. And like, the questions people ask, I'm just like, like the people, like we've gotten asked so many things like, oh, what is that? And you're like, oh, I have diabetes. And they're like, type one or type two? And then you'll have it like type one. And they're like, did you get it from like eating a lot or like did you eat a lot of sugar when you were like little? did you like, go out to eat a lot yeah people ask so many questions. we're like no but yeah. people just don't know like yeah. people just really don't know what it is yeah it's but. not like you should be asking those questions even if someone has said they had type 2 diabetes right yeah, exactly yeah. right it's exactly. just kind of like not your really your business yeah right and it, it's I, like yeah I was thinking about this too when we were like prepping for the interview. I was like, there's a big, um, I guess, like disconnect, I guess, between the knowledge of type one and type two. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if that's just because with type two, people realize that they can develop it later in life based on their diet and stuff like that. I still don't know a ton about it, but is there any kind of like overlap with the type one community and the type two or is it like two totally separate things i think overall it's like kind of this like combination of like diabetic support diabetics um but i think at the same time there's also like um i know 
like it's frustrating from especially from like a type one diabetic standpoint like to feel like people think like we kind of got ourselves in our situation if that makes sense you know and not to say like no matter who got themselves wherever it doesn't matter like i think that's the moral of the story yeah Yeah. like a disease is a disease and like we want to bring like advocacy to both of them but like i still think like there is that clear um want and like constant like addressment of like this is what type one is it's not type two Mm -hmm. you know what i mean yeah and i think that's why the educational stuff that you guys do so important because right before i became friends with you guys i really didn't know a ton about type one diabetes at all i mean i knew a little bit more about type two but it really was like pretty vague on the knowledge i had i knew you like had to take insulin i didn't really know why or like what your blood sugars are supposed to be or how right i mean it's not something you learn like it's really not it's not like going through school it's not something they really go over all you kind of learn is like that overall general term diabetes and like the few jokes you hear about it growing up like it's not something that's like ever like educated upon and even like Sophia has had like our littlest sister who has diabetes as well like had um incident at school where like she had a really really low blood sugar during recess her blood sugar is running lower than normal where like if she doesn't get sugar or like carbohydrates as soon as possible like she could pass out she could start seizing she could like it's very crucial that she like gets sugar or carbs and she was like at recess and went and was trying to communicate with one of the teachers like hey, I need to go inside. And like the teacher just like didn't let her inside. And she was like, nope, you don't need to go inside. You can wait till recess is over. You know, I'm I'm eight years old. How do I advocate for myself right now? Yeah. You know, and thank God she had like a loud mouth friend who was like, yeah. who came back and was like, hey, you need to let her inside. You know, like if she wouldn't have had that friend there, what would have happened? But it's like, that also brings up like the frustration of like, people in education systems, if we're trusting people to like teach us, they should for sure be educated on these chronic illnesses that so many students have, like parents trust them to be with their kid all day. This is, this is an illness, a chronic illness that takes a few hours to just sit down and research and figure out. And like, it should be expected of people who are like educating us and like being trusted with children. You know what I mean? Yeah. Especially if you know that you have somebody in your class specifically right. that has it. It's like, you know, yeah. somebody in your class has a peanut allergy or something. And exactly. Like, yeah, accordingly. You have the EpiPen. You go out to recess with the EpiPen. Like, it's the same thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And kind of going off of that, what are, like, the most surprising questions that you remember about somebody asking about either – you know your pumps or your diabetes in general people just make like a lot of comments like they'll see like oh type one i just got some comments like oh wow so like you'll never have like babies or like oh wow like you'll never like live on your own like you can never do this like they just like (laughs) say all these weird questions and you're like what like we can do we're always like we can do every anything we want like there's nothing that like restricts us to anything but like i think especially like back years and years ago like there wasn't a whole lot like there was insulin like there wasn't a lot of obviously there was no like technology or like advanced treatment for so like maybe a long time ago it was like that but yeah there's been a lot of weird questions they're like 
I feel like we've gotten asked like, oh, did you guys eat a lot of fast food when you were little or like eat a lot of sugar? What are other questions? I can't even Or think. like, um, what was one? Oh, but you're not fat. Yeah. yeah. Like if they find out we have diabetes. Yeah. They're like, how do you, yeah. There's been a ton, even like, honestly, like friends and family, like, yeah, that don't understand. I mean, I or think not one of the biggest, to... like the most surprising things is like when people comment about like our diet. Because it's, like, regardless of us having a chronic illness, like, I'm not going to comment on someone's diet. I'm not going to sit here right. while you're eating whatever you're eating and be like, are you really going to eat that? Yeah. Like, that's just so rude. Like, why, because we have a chronic illness, does that give you, like, you think now you have more of a right to comment about what we're eating? Like, we're clearly, like, already thinking about it. Yeah. <laughs> like, right. we don't need your input on something you clearly don't understand either. Like, I feel like that always surprises me. Like, yeah. oh, that's always like, what? Yeah. Do you not understand? Like, we can eat whatever we want. And another thing that was, like, always really challenging, like, our parents kind of taught us to, like, be independent and, like, with our diabetes, too. And, like, our, our in, like, through school, they'd always be like, oh, like, you have to go through the health oh, room yeah. with my mom. And, like, our doctors were always like, they're like independent. Like they don't need to come down to the health room every time they would like want you to come to the health room, check your blood sugar before you have a snack before lunch. And like, whenever you weren't feeling good. And my mom's like, they need to like be able to like manage this on their own. Like they are going to be on their own one day. Like they don't need to like go. And that was always like such a challenging thing with like the district and the teachers. And the, they wanted, I remember in middle school, they wanted my Dexacom code so they could see it while I was in school. And my parents were like, no, like, she's got it. Like, she's fine. Yeah. And it's like my parents have it if something happened. Yeah. They don't need to be like, because then they would, like, want to call her down to the health room. Like, when her blood, it was like, it was just, yeah, stuff like that was really challenging. Yeah. And I think another thing recently that I, like, is, like, like, when I'm working and stuff and, like, have them showing, like, I waitress. So, like, if I have my stuff showing at the bar and stuff, people are just, like, like they just are so confused. Like the like people are like, "What is that?" Like I've gotten like nicotine patch, like like just like all sorts of like weird stuff, and yeah. like it's just funny. It's really funny. Yeah. I can't it looks nothing that. like a nicotine patch. Like a nicotine patch with wires. <laughs> I yeah, like what? Yeah, that's why it's just I so funny. Weird stuff. I remember I one time I was giving myself insulin at like this fast food place and this girl was like oh look at her shoot up some fake drugs and I'm like what (laughs) oh yeah no that always scares me like I remember in like high school I would be scared to like give myself insulin like at other schools like one time I remember we were like at a football game and like I was like what if someone like thinks like I'm like doing drugs or something. Yeah. Like, what if, like, you know what I mean? And they just like go and yeah, tell someone. Yeah, they see a syringe like, and think. Yeah, like, it's just like it's so sad. Like, it just deserves. And even like my graduating when I graduated, there were at least like I want to say like almost ten diabetics like that were attending wow. my school. Like, there were like I mean maybe tens a lot, maybe yeah. like eight. Like, there were a decent amount. Like, so it's, like, it's becoming more common. So it's yeah. something, like, that needs to be more, like, there needs to be more education about it. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Because I, I can't believe all the comments about like your bodies and about your food choices. Like as an eating disorder therapist, I'm always advocating for like people just shutting up about other people's food right. or yeah. bodies. And so it's so crazy to think that you have a chronic illness and people think they have a right to say anything about, they don't even know it. And they're like, I'm just going to comment on someone else's body or food choices. Like I understand it. Right. And even like with you saying that, like, it's like, I think I forget what the statistic is, but it's like diabetics now are like, I think almost like two and a half times, like more likely to get diagnosed, like hand in hand with an eating disorder, like just because of like what they're put through with the diagnosis, because they sit with like a dietitian, a nutritionist and like this and that. And they sit and they tell them, well, like you're going to face consequences if you eat this. And like, like, it's just something that is so hard psychologically on someone that's young that like. Especially when you're first diagnosed, like, it's just like so scary. And they tell you, okay, you got to change your diet. Okay. It's like, most of us were like super young and like hearing that was just terrifying. And then being like, okay, like, am I going to gain weight or am I, it was just like way, it was, yeah, it was just so scary, especially for younger kids. Yeah. I remember I was getting a new pump and I think I was in fourth grade and the girl was looking, she had, I don't even think she had any background in anything she was talking about, but she was like oh, you're eating way too many carbs for a fourth grader. And she was, like, comparing it to her own diet. And I'm, like, I remember just crying the rest of the appointment. And she's, like, that's affected her, like, for for as long as since it's happened. But Mm -hmm. it's just crazy. And she was, like, yeah, I – her – I think it was, like – she was, like, a nurse that was, like, uh, doing the pump training for her. And she was, like, yeah, I, like, am so active. And, like, I don't even eat that many carbs. Like, she said that to a fourth grader. Yeah. And that – that was difficult for you, I feel yeah. like, since was, it's yeah. 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 No, that makes sense. I actually have a client who has an eating disorder and diabetes, so it makes sense that you would, especially because, like, the overattention on um, what you eat, right, and, like, what how it's affecting your body, it makes sense that they would go hand-in-hand hand sometimes. Yes. Yeah. And was there any mention, like, back when you guys were diagnosed from – any of the medical staff about like the mental health side of it or like the anxiety that could come with it or like, you know, no, the positive- not no. at all. I feel like now that we have, we've had, well, the, all, most of us have the same endocrinologist and the same nurse. Like, I think I've been there for like 14 years and like now actually the nurse that we've had, she went back because she wanted to like help with the mental health side of diabetes. She went back and she's a count. She still works four days a week as an RN, but now she's a, um, a counselor for people with chronic illness and like I think That's she's so helped cool. and she's like said a ton of information to us but like and our doctor now but yeah no there's there was nothing mentioned even when we were little even through like children's nothing mm-hmm. and we've all been hand-in-hand diagnosed with like mental health yeah. like like disorders or whatever it's called mm-hmm. yeah illnesses. like different yeah um, mental health struggles Well, like, that was something, like, my mom, like, constantly, because, like, when I got, leading up to my, like, diagnosis, like, I was just, like, I unrolled from sports, like, I wasn't hanging out with my friends, like, like, I just got super, super depressed, and, like, even, like, that was something, like, it wasn't, like, we never really addressed it till later on, like, it wasn't something, like, I never really went and, like, 
talk to someone or like, you know, it was like the diabetes was the first like case. It was like, you know, it was my mom that was like followed up with the mental health stuff. It was never my endocrinologist. It was never my doctor. Like it was my mom who was like, okay, well, we still need to follow up with this. You know, they thought like, here's insulin, here's your diagnosis. That'll solve like the problems. Like, I just feel like that wasn't even like a symptom in their eyes when that was like the hardest one for me. Do you want to say hi? Yeah, this is Sophia. She's the youngest with diabetes. She just got back from basketball. Hey, Sophia. <laughs> hi. Like a pretty big anxiety associated with just like the sheer cost of diabetes too. I think like our biggest fear is that like going off our parents' insurance. Yeah. Is there anything else you want people to know about diabetes? I mean, I know you you know have your Instagram account, so it's probably a loaded question to ask. Um, but what would you like if you each wanted like say the one thing you wish people knew about diabetes? I, I think just that it's like completely manageable and you can like live a normal life and like you can still feel good and have a normal like life you don't need to restrict yourself from anything I feel like people yeah. think of like oh they can't do this oh especially like younger parents and our younger kids that are diagnosed like oh they can't ever have sleepovers oh they and it's like no you can do anything that anyone everyone else can do yeah and I think that goes like to diabetics and non-diabetics like I feel like we want to be able to spread that message to both like it's like we want people out there who don't have diabetics or who don't have to deal with diabetes every day to realize that but we also want people who do have diabetes to realize that like this disease is not something like you have to let you know hold you back um where do you think like ideally the diabetes community would be like 10, 15 years from now. Are there any new kind of like innovations that you're hoping to see that could, you know, even better help manage it on a day-to-day -day basis? Um, I know one big thing for me was like an advancement for my pump. I use an Omnipod that I was like talking about earlier. It's like a wireless pump. And they actually just um, released a new advancement where like they're going to have more like IQ technology. So like, a lot so basically the pump will do more like thinking on its own so i'll have to do less thinking which is really nice so like it seems like they're upping just like oh, the technology still and constantly for pumps um i know that that's something i'm excited about mm -hmm. yeah i think it'll just continue to get better yeah. and like even with like the accessory like companies yeah like and like the tapes that we can put over our medical devices and like the purses that are customized like perfectly for like every device we have like we got leggings that can hold their pumps like it's just awesome i feel like it can only go up from here oh, yeah just good. like more general accessibility and like you're saying accessories and stuff that makes your everyday life a little bit easier yeah yes and I think, um, just like one less thing to think about, I guess. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And that's exactly it. Like it just makes our life like so much easier, like those little things and you don't even realize it. Um, and it's stuff like we don't even think about and other people think of it and create a company and then it's just awesome. Hopefully everybody will be trying to like be diabetic influencers now when they get diagnosed. <laughs> Thank you so much, guys, for coming on and talking today.
Yeah, thank you. Yeah, You're thank welcome. you so much. This was awesome. <laughs>